0: What's up? I'm live. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo. We, we live. We live and live live and live and live live and direct. We got my we man. Got we got my man Adam Forkner here. Adam, if people don't know who you are, uh, Adam here, uh, uh, K Records legend.
1: Oh, appreciate it.
0: Yeah, K Records legend, Adam Forkner. That's great. Uh, enjoying a sunny day in Los Angeles. This looks a, this like a long time. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of sunny there. Sunny here yeah. too.
1: I'm in San Jose. Where you at? San Ho. San Jose. Sunny, sunny Vale.
0: So, uh, today, I looked on Instagram and there's an Instagram called um, San Jose Foods. You know, the food
1: community. Oh, they're going foodie up there? What do you got?
0: they food, they real foods out here. Uh, and then, Oh, San so Jose
1: I, Foods.
0: Yeah, somebody exposed it as not, what's it, like, so, there was, like, no, all oh, the people actually weren't from San Jose.
1: Yeah, just objectifying the San Jose food lifestyle. Yeah. You got you got Smash Mouth. You got Starving Musician. It's a no. lot of foos. No, we got <laughs> Streetlight Records, too. No, Streetlight. Wait, Starving Musician's in Santa Clara.
0: Yeah, it's in San, it's in San Jose, technically. Okay, okay.
1: You no, actually, that warm... it
0: not, it's across the street from where I live down the street, and that's technically the Santa Clara side.
1: Right, right. So... And you also have, what's the guitar store that's not Guitar Center? Guitar Show. Like yeah, with the Jesus Fish? Yes. Bro, the back room of that place is where I've gotten a lot of gear.
0: Oh, a lot of people got a lot of gear. I had a homie, we went there one time, and he that got a flying V, like a white flying V. Yeah, dude. And I was like, damn, I need to come here. There's so much gear like right there, dude. It's
1: so crazy. Like Yeah, the, the used room is like yeah. gonna, oh it's shit. Like a, it's like a p- used
0: it's a whole nother building.
1: Yeah. And that it's like crazy. all the Heshers all the Heshers from the eighties getting rid of their stuff. Oh yeah. You get so Forever. Bigger, crazy. It's better like than it's,
0: I feel like it's better than they go there more than uh people go there more than yeah. some musician.
1: Yeah, Starving was amazing when I was growing up in Monterey. Like, um, I would go there with my dad because my dad's a used ear freak too. Mm. So he was like, let me show you something real quick. Let me show you how to get a headless, fretless, white bass. Mm. <laughs> let me show you how to get a 1983 plastic uh, guitar pedal that sounds like the guy from Boston, mixed with, you know, maybe somebody from the Tubes.
0: Was the band Boston even from uh, the actual city of Boston?
1: I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I love that shit, man. I love, oh, that. Hell I love, yeah. I love uh, Starving Musician. I love Guitar Showcase. I love San Ho. Oh. I, you know, my parents, they they find like weird. What um, we got? We got a cleaning crew. A hey, welcome done. to LA. It's Tuesday. Uh, yep. you know, I my house on Mondays. Dog. What's that? They do my house Mondays, but I guess they're doing the neighbor's yard.
0: Hmm. They be going. They be going in. This morning, I was I was walking my dog like I do every morning because my dog loves to take a dump
1: mm. fresh off in the morning.
0: You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Uh-huh. She was trying to take a dump on this line. Mm -hmm. Then uh, the dude, one of the dudes who just worked on the line, came out and he was like, You know, he was speaking to me in Spanish, I understood a little bit. And I was like, Oh, okay, you just work on this. And he's like, He did the shoeing motion. And then I was like, Oh, okay, okay, okay. uh, You don't want me to the shit on the line. The The only. The only English word he said was, it's poison. And I was like, really? Like, my dog shitting on the lawn is poison?
1: Oh, probably not. Probably not.
0: Probably,
1: yeah. You know what he meant? He probably meant that he put some stuff on the lawn that's poisonous for your dog. Nah,
0: what the fuck? What yeah. shit is he going to put on that poison for the dog?
1: Like, some sort of fertilizer or some, or, like, pesticide.
0: Mm. Maybe he
1: was trying to tell you, like, oh, your dog is not safe here.
0: Mm. maybe she had that fertilizer too, though. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she had a little fertilizer on her booty too. Mix it up, make that good grass.
1: Um, it's true that I was on K records. You was a oh, K,
0: K records God. legend, bro. I looked at your, uh I looked you up, bro. This man, you did, were you on the, uh, you was on the microphones uh, record?
1: Which one? Yeah, oh, probably some, some of them. I mean, when I moved from, in in 99, in 99 I moved to New York uh-huh. from, Port, from Portland after college, but I was already making music and I think I, I I'd already met Calvin in college because he was playing shows and we were, we had bands and shit, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's, interest, he's interested in youth culture and youth music. Oh, so yeah. we, were already fri- we were already friends and I already had a band and I moved to New York in 99 and he would come through and other bands would come through and then in 2001 I left New York didn't know where I was going to go and Calvin was like just come come up here because I'd, I'd already been working in studios as a young man and Calvin was building Dub Narcotic into a a huge warehouse.
0: And this is Calvin Johnson.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> Johnson.
0: Calvin Johnson. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, I'm a lovey-dovey lover with a body and brain. Living you, with you the feet a lead and fear. Restful.
0: I never met him, but I feel like... Uh,
1: I'm fear. Yeah, Calvin. So yeah. I ended up... Uh, 2001. I'd already done work at on his studio before I even left for New York. So he was like developing the the studio in a warehouse. Mm. Um, He had rented half of a huge old warehouse in downtown Olympia just for people to be able to kind of sublease and make art. His idea was to make like a Warhol factory of like 'er ne'er-do-wells, creative weirdos, uh, hippie punks from, from Oli and around and just have that have that facility to, to be able to create a massive amount of art and um so I was there with him we were going heavy on the gear taking trips down to guitar showcase in San Jose basically all the way from Olympia no no I mean most of his gear actually came from 80s studios that went digital or like mm-hmm. got- in, like around Olymp- uh, Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, as like people's studios needed to upgrade, he bought all their old gear. Um, so he had all this '50s, '60s, and '70s analog gear that was getting tossed for cheap that he'd gotten in the '90s. Um,
0: oh, that's fucking amazing!
1: So it was me and Calvin, and the and the other dude that had keys and was, like, really u- using the studio every day was Phil Elvrum. Mm. Because he was uh, living, like, two two blocks away in this punk house. And uh, he'd come from Anacortes, where the other guy from Beat Happening.
0: Now, uh, I, know Phil, I know Phil's your man, but has he always yeah. worn the Tevas?
1: He used to be a rainbow boy like me.
0: Oh, tee it
1: up! Okay. No, see, this is oh, rainbow.
0: Oh, that's the thong joint.
1: Yeah, these are these are. Um, I'm sorry to say, uh, but these are these are leather. The leather thong, uh, rainbows. Okay. And with a great arch. But yeah, I mean, I think that Bill was more like rocking the, the rainbow flops. I don't know what kind of flops he's into nowadays. He's a dad. No
0: flops, no socks though.
1: So, you know. Sometimes you gotta wear socks to the northwest, so it's I mean it
0: if gets, you if you house if you if you leave the house I feel like maybe the sock kinda protects you a sock. little
1: bit. Yeah, I don't know if he was doing sandals and socks back then. Probably, you know, it well, was a very well, alternative kind of scene. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you know I don't I don't think anybody had any tabby Japanese tabby socks at that point. Maybe. But uh <laughs> that's my main time i mean i was i'd already put out a record on k by the time i lived there and then calvin and i became thickest thieves he has a massive record collection like thousands of reggae records other records we would argue about music into the wee hours i was sleeping on his couch and then we would go and record all day so as far as like phil's records i think that we it was just like you know because the, the 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 covers would be assembled and screen printed and shit in the same warehouse as the records were being recorded and there was a community of people that were there so i was there a lot with phil we kind of had to have like an intuitive vibe of like oh okay phil's in here like trying to play tuba into a cassette he was he was playing recorder. all
0: those instruments because that's that's the main thing that i always liked about uh, Phil Elverum and the microphones, and like now, yeah. he, is that he played so many instruments and then recorded them? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, that, the thing is, that, we, like, had, we was, had so many of them.
0: It honestly, had made so- me, made me, got me into like recording myself because I used to always, I'd always record at someone else's house, but then I right. got more into recording at home because of Phil Elverum.
1: Say word. I okay. mean. Um, yeah, he has a pretty singular and very, like, comp- he has a confidence. He, had, he Even when he was a kid, it was, like, almost cockiness as we mm-hmm. were young. But it was like, I, what, I can play the saxophone. I'll learn it. I'll learn it right now. You think he's an you know, old <laughs> child? No, he's got a brother. Ah. But his younger brother. And then, but, you know, he comes from, like, uh, Real northwest frontiersman, stock you know, his parents live out in the woods in Anacortes, which is like the furthest island out in the middle of the San Juan Islands. So he's just like a frontiersman, that's that's what you need. So he's not a city man,
0: yes. He probably don't even use GPS in his phone,
1: no, dude. I mean, like, he would get lost, he would we wouldn't see him for a few days. We're like, where the fuck were you? He'd be like, oh, I was hiking, and it's like, dude, you gotta tell one person (laughs) when you go go to the fucking wilderness man you could die but you know i'm sure he does now
0: he probably he probably know how to speak to animals
1: i think he might yeah Yeah. i mean he spoke to me and i'm an
0: animal. (laughs) (laughs) hey i like that spirit
1: but uh that was that was a cool time era so yeah I, i i played just tangentially just being in the studio a lot like he'd be like hey yo uh let's do these horns or like be a part of these five people singing these two words over and over again or play this percussion and jam and we also worked on other people's records a bit like little wings we would i would you know obviously we there's a community so i would end up playing some you know trained Musician and a lot of those people were um, not in any way like trained musicians. So I would get the duty of playing bass or guitar or something. So yeah, I ended up on a bunch of stuff: Calvin stuff, Phil stuff, on on Kyle stuff. I and then I used the studio to make my own music and help some of my friends from Portland, kind of, and that's how. Uh, eventually, when I moved back to Portland a couple of years later, it was like taking the ethos of K, and there was a bunch of artists in Portland that weren't like gonna be on K because it was already overextended. But I was like, let's start our, let's start some other labels. And so, with the kind of knowledge that I got from Calvin about distribution and production and manufacturing and promotion and all the sort of stuff that we were like kind of heavy on every day it was like those tools are some things that I tried to pass on to um, a couple of friends of mine in Portland who then started releasing stuff by like um, Thanksgiving Uh, Adrian Orange who I know Phil just talked about on Pitchfork who was a brilliant uh, songwriter but also Little Wings uh, Bobby Birdman Yacht was another band yeah Uh, Lucky Lucky Dragons who was like at that point I think Luke was living in Philadelphia, Jib Kidder, and uh, Dirty Projectors were all being put out by two labels in Portland called State's Rights and Marriage, Marriage Records. Marriage Records, and, yeah,
0: I remember that.
1: Yeah, so, and then, you know, both of those labels kind of with the sort of K Records imprint or, or ethos kind of went on to like document their, because K Records is just like a document of the of, of people you're connected to not like trying to sign the hottest band out from so-and-so yeah. it's like no doc more of like a um, smithsonian harry harry smith archive way of anthropologically recording and documenting a certain time period in a certain region which is something that i think calvin got from both like the harry smith archives and and, and um smithsonian records as well as like ian Mackay.
0: yeah
1: where, he, where he's just documenting things from DC, and so that Calvin was like, "Oh, cool! I'll document the Northwest," and so that then it's like, "Oh, we'll, we'll document our friends in Portland." So that's how that's how the whole ethos began. Um, and then I became involved with those labels, kind of on the on the backside, and as an artist. That's a long ass time ago, Tuan.
0: That's a beautiful thing though, because that type of stuff doesn't really even happen nowadays, dude. Like, if you I, yeah, the it, models
1: yeah, the models have changed so so drastically. Like those models depended on uh, 20 years of pioneering business, you know, kind of DIY punk business people putting together networks of distribution, um, you know, independent record stores. I remember back when I was like working at K. Calvin had these. Binders of books that were like Basically handwritten of every single record store in the country.
0: Yeah
1: And then somebody's job was to call those record stores and be like hey, do you want any of these releases? And just kind of and then you know, obviously there's other distributors that did that even better But it was like really hand-to-hand and the whole system was like hand stitched from like person to person so with the advent of like digital music obviously that whole network became obsolete like you didn't need that because there's something easier now you're just like oh here's my soundcloud yeah all you need is bandcamp for you know now it's easy to just get your shit straight to the 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 major streaming networks without a digital distributor
0: yeah you just
1: google it yeah and as an artist you can get your shit distributed for free oh you don't need these labels like that which you know in some ways is like the, the dream came true of, of creating an egalitarian system but on the other hand like those were no longer need, necessary businesses you know what yeah. and so labels now are like promotion machines which those labels were not they're they're not like heavy promotion machines now labels i guess they they give you more funding for pr to like widen your reach. That's because yeah. that's the new that's what the a label has to do now, is like create awareness.
0: Yeah the PR and they need a kid fresh out of college who went, to, yeah. who went to college with the other kids. Yeah. He's at the bar doing cocaine, drinking and shit with the band Yeah, and, yeah and, all that shit. You know, we that need that to pay this man five thousand dollars a month so that uh-huh. he can go out and do cocaine <laughs> and fucking talk a whole bunch.
1: Yeah, get Schreiber, get Schreiber to give him the fucking best new music.
0: Yo, that's, that's, that's the, crazy, bro. I remember one time I went to this PR dude's house, and this man's house was big as hell. hmm And then I'm over here living in a room. I was there. You know what I'm saying? I'm make, we making the music, bro, and this man getting paid more than us.
1: You know, there was a big – I'm 44, so for me to traverse – you know and then you know from the from the marriage scene i went to cranky records out of chicago which is a trusted label for experimental music which was mm. like going through a revolution of its own and that's how i hooked up with like the deer hunter and had an extra six or seven years of semi-relevance before mm. the whole but anyway when when i started seeing the new tribe of shuckers and jivers man it was a it it made my um my, my punk rock DIY spidey senses go like crazy. I'm like, who the fuck? You? Oh, you guys are just some schmoozers. That's what you do now. You just schmooze.
0: It's schmooze time. Let me and let I'm me, like, uh, let me let me get back on track real quick. Um, from K Records and Olympia. Yeah. What was the transition to uh, Chicago?
1: Oh we- well, you know my the thing is is that my music was always not really syncing up stylistically with a lot of my peers in the Northwest. Like, it was a pretty indie folk, like, nylon string guitar folk. Wasn't that kind of like
0: the thing on K-Records?
1: That's what I'm saying. But my music wasn't like that. I was always making more experimental, spacey, kind of ambient, electronic, and fusing a lot of uh, other things. So I was like everybody's weird friend that made weird music, right?
0: They never had like a, they never had like a, maybe like a, some sort of music that wasn't really they did yeah
1: but it was, it was always the exception to the rule that was like see we're diverse we have a electronica band or mm. something like that but it wasn't like the real what people would thought of those labels as, as being And so I was always kind of like oh we can put Adam's record out too you know it'll sell a couple units it'll show the diversity of the label he's an odd guy he mm. makes weird stuff and so, after a while, I kind of had to shake that off because I was like, man, I don't, I don't feel like I'm really fitting in here as a weird electronic musician.
0: Yeah.
1: Experimenting.
0: You wasn't trying I was to live in a like, treehouse.
1: Yeah, I mean, these are my homies. That's people I played with. Uh, but I was, like, making such odd music that it wasn't really, it wasn't really, like, what fit. And so, I started making music that fit me more as white rainbow and putting it out on marriage and states rights and self-releasing and that was like the whole like cdr revolution of experimental cdr culture like the noise shit of like of the Ots. and then but there was a dude who lived in portland who i knew who became deeply involved in cranky records which is a, a, a label from Chicago that had like Godspeed and Wendy and Carl and Stars of the Lid and all of these like you know heavy hitter kind of indie ambient space music groups and I love that label from the 90s all the way through so I was like really uh, I, I always was in awe of that label so they asked me to put something out and i was like this is like my teenage dream come true and that was how that happened my girlfriend also put records out on there and then they signed deer hunter which was like a bunch of punk kids from atlanta i was like how is this gonna work on this label this is crazy but we were all like a new tribe of shit making that label hot again in like 2006 so something like that.
0: In my head, so I always get—I always get. Sorry to cut you off, but I always nah. get deer hunter and deer hoof. Right. You know, mixed up.
1: Yeah, well, there's but when there you was said White deer hunter,
0: I started thinking of like a deer hoof song, and I was like, oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, it's <was, laughs> you
0: know I mean? it like, different. Oh, yeah, cool. No,
1: deer hoof is that skinny kid Greg playing drums, mm, crazy yeah. with the Japanese girl. That's, that's deer, deer hoof. Hoof. Yeah, that's Hunter. Love that. It's a the Japanese girl, and then the kid with the skinny arms going crazy with the drums.
0: I love that first that's record. Deer.
1: Yeah, it's sick. It. Uh, oh, they're that. still around.
0: Deer. 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 That one. Uh, they the were just on deer. my
1: homies' podcast like the other day. Yeah, they're still they're still doing things. Deer they
0: still they're are. It's crazy. I just seen they deer. just put out a new record.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Deer Hunter was a kind of like space. Rock meets garage rock meets like experimental doo-wop. Um, mm.
0: Was that the same scene as Lightning Bolt? As who? Lightning Bolt? Wasn't Lightning Bolt from Atlanta?
1: No, they're from Providence, Rhode Island. No, Ooh. They're, Ooh. They're, Ooh. Deer Hunter came. Deer Hunter were homies, were the weirdo experimental homies of the Black Lips, mm.
0: mm-hmm. Which
1: is like a, a very like you know the black lips has got like such deep roots in like roots music of america yeah and i met those kids on tour as a k-boy um years before and i was like man these kids got record collections of like old americana and, and experimental music i was like amazed by these young youngsters um but i never thought in a million years that like deer hunter would get signed and, 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 and blow up like that but Bradford's such a crazy personality that was, he's the skinny he's a skinny kid playing guitar with loud mouth and makes a lot of news for himself And he was like perfect for pitchfork at the time because he says crazy shit yeah and we crazy became person. friends and I and uh, no nah, I mean he's a, he's a <laughs> I'm br- fucking, I'm brilliant right. person yeah yeah He's you gotta be kind
0: of crazy to be brilliant though
1: yeah exactly and he was like that kid that i reached I when i was in Atlanta i would see, go to a, a punk party and he'd be in the back room with a sampler you know like yeah oh, i'm just in here making music so love it that's how we became homies and, and, and started working together and stuff but that was that was that second era like after the k era and i kind of i was a little older so people were like oh you know stuff we don't know, and I and I totally leveraged that forever, mm. as long as I could. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, shit. I know Cal, So put me in your band. Yeah, yo, <laughs> you was you, know, you was on some shit though.
0: A little at bit. What, at what time? Like what year? Did you do that one band? Remember you you had that one band that, that somebody made a tape that redid that that tape.
1: Oh, the fucking. That, like, fucking uh, slowcore, slint yeah, coding shit. That was 97. I was 20. What was the band called? Love, Claire. Love, Claire.
0: Oh, damn. And, That's how I remember. It was, like, one of my ex-girlfriends, and I was like... Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, um, what's funny is, is that that band was so ridiculous. Like, they were so... They were, we were all young, and they were, like, these punk kids I met, and they wanted me to play drums. And I was like, I, I get it. I'll do it. But I always, it was so slow. The music was so slow. Yeah. And then, like, they would do the classic, like, hit the big muff to make loud at, the, like, three minutes in and shit. Like, that whole, like, soft, quiet, or loud, soft, emo that's, shit.
0: That's crazy how that, like, resurgence happened.
1: Dude, I don't know why the kids found that tape. I know, I get it, it's like a long lost relic, but, dude, I think we made, like, 50 tapes. Yeah. I didn't that
0: shit I didn't know I didn't even know That band Duster Was like Big till Yeah like, again Like I didn't know till like this year All I knew like no, Duster, they... I was like Oh yeah That band's from San Jose I didn't even like Think anyone right. knew That band
1: Dude I, Yeah I mean I loved that band In like the late 90s Early 1000s When those records came out And yeah. then I think Kids found it on like YouTube
0: And then they were like Oh yeah And then Who, who Some Some record label Re-put it out are they repressed yeah. it, like a big label? Yeah. Slumberland. Oh yeah, okay. I think Slumberland repressed it. So you know everybody on the everybody on that tip now, they're like, oh yeah. 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 Oh yes, so
1: cool. We love really slow music. I love the way the Duster records sounded though, man. Like the kids, yeah. they, they fucking made it sound so home recorded and like thick. It's sick. I think I saw him play like in the early aughts that came through Portland. Yeah. It was like, everybody's like trying to figure out like how the fuck did you make it sound so fucking good, kid? It was great. But, um, they
0: they probably like, they probably just were like, oh my God, we're so happy to be out of of San Jose.
1: Yeah, totally. They're like, well, we bought this amp at Guitar Showcase and this guitar from Starving Musician. I got the four track. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I guess they like it,
0: dude. They, 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 they probably. I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. But that shit's beautiful. That's like one of those things. That's why I needed to ask you these questions because there's a there's a time in the past that people just do not remember that they need to be familiar with.
1: Yeah, it's it, I, I I often lament that the cultures the sort of independent cultures that happened in the late 90s and early 2000s right before right before um the internet kind of blew up and started documenting everything and everything became so so super online is the one era that is the most disappeared because a lot of that shit was on the web 1.0 which at this point is like completely erased from our collective hard drives like web 1.0 doesn't exist so like people's Myspaces don't exist and in the pre Myspace era all those like independent magazines like magnet and and all the other ones like they're gone too so that whole era is just not really remembered because it's not easily accessible online not at all and a lot of those people are gen x and they they're not fucking around like they're not savvy enough to like do a retrospective on Instagram and, and, and really like put this shit up. Like it's not documented. A lot of
0: them, a lot of them is like, yo, if it's la- if it was like last year, it's a throwback, right? Because it's like the music industry is so saturated now. It's like yeah, and it's not really. I don't feel like with music, there's not really like people trying to do something new. They're trying to sound like a band that they might have found. Right. And make that kind Risk. of plan yeah. again, like remake it, not like really make a sound and just yeah.
1: like
0: try something new. Try No, it's it. retro. Yeah, it's like all about being retro now. It's not really like, "Hey, let's do something." Well, I and get it. I know why.
1: Yeah. I know elaborate. I know why that is I think that it's because you have now you have access to everything. You have mm-hmm. access to People have access to, you don't have to go to the record store and buy and discover one record at a time and kind of like develop a personal taste out of like, oh, I bought one record by Can and I bought one record by Yola Tango. Maybe my band will be like Can and Yola Tango. It's no longer like that. You're making playlists all day long. And so people, creative people, are taking in so much more input. It's like they live at the library. And so now it's like, well, I'm going to take all these things i see that they work and it's not so much an appreciation of the historicity or like an, a, a, a history art as it is just like pulling from everything it's like if you were making collage and you had every single national geographic going back to the 50s at your disposal right now and it's easy to fucking cut and paste so it's like everything is just like so of course of course we're in an age of like of reappropriating ideas so quickly and easily because it's so accessible that's what i think it wasn't accessible 20 years ago you probably knew you know eight bands and then you you bought records of like a hundred bands and that was it and there was there, was there a lot of
0: was there any kind of tape trading between kids in like the, the k record scene because i know oh there was, sure, tape, tra- was there a tape trading lists in the punk scene
1: oh hell yeah i mean yeah I mean, Calvin, Calvin started off as a tape label. And, of course, people are sending each other demos on, like, CDRs and shit. And
0: Yeah.
1: but and, and writing letters. I remember getting letters and demo CDRs from people that, I won't mention names, but, you know, household names now. But back in that, in the, in the, you know, in the, the struggle of the soil of the aughts, you yeah. know, people were sending each other. Before you could send a Dropbox link or like check out my SoundCloud. people were I miss
0: there. that though. I miss that a lot.
1: Yeah, it's more hand to hand. And
0: it's more like personal. If like you took the time to do that. Yeah. You would get, you'll get somebody being like, yeah, let's do that. Just because you reached out and you did that.
1: Yeah, there was an extra amount of effort that was required for it to yeah. happen. Now it's so fucking easy. You can do it from your basically your phone. Or and then people computer. are
0: one I fuck with you.
1: You know what I mean? like, yeah, because you put in the sweat. Flame.
0: You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, they're like, "Oh, flame, flame, flame." That's like, that's it. That's the whole interaction. Now it's like, I, yeah, I yeah, hey, I, dude, I do it, it
0: too. So, I'm of fuck, course. I'm one of those. I'm one of those old guys. Where if I get some money, I'm gonna fucking buy a Ferrari <laughs>
1: just to show
0: you, you know what I mean? Like, hey,
1: and I'm one of those. I'm on, I'm one of those old guys that'll just like self-release every single stupid idea I've ever had on my computer. 'Cause to me I'm still like a kid in a candy store, like, really Is this free? I can just share it? Like I'm not careful. <laughs> I'm
0: like I'm like now I have to be like, okay. Time to strike. It's the it's the time, like, you know, like yeah. you know what I mean, but I'm like fucking alright, it's
1: time. Yeah, let's go this week. Let's go. Let's hit it. Yeah. Up. Um but yeah, man. Um uh, that that's that's interesting you wanted to go down the history book. Old, old, old me. No,
0: I mean, dude, like, it's a history that, like, I've I've definitely always fucked with K Records. I remember in 2008, I went on this tour.
1: Yeah, with,
0: like this bedroom noise project that I had with my friend, and we played what at La What?
1: What was it called?
0: It was called Tad's Dream, and then I changed the name to Lesions.
1: Okay. And then... And you played at the Voyeur
0: in Oli? at the Voyeur opening, and then the band Songs for Moms opened for us. Okay. And uh, my friend headlined, and it was like an acoustic, like an ode to the microphones type deal. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You know That's what I'm the saying? Voyeur. And You're getting like a shitty vegan salad. Before oh, dude! Sad. I fucking
0: loved it there, bro. I, I like. I was so <laughs> stoked, I was amped. I was asking people about fucking Calvin Johnson. They were telling me yeah.
1: all types of yeah, where's Calvin?
0: And they were like, "Oh my god, Calvin!" la. la, la. you know what I mean? All these like young ass kids. They was like, "Oh, all this shit about Calvin." And then um, we went to that bookstore up the street.
1: This was mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So was bookstore, bookstore up the street,
0: and Genevieve Elrum was playing a show. A wolf. Genevieve. Yeah. And Genevieve we like, was
1: doing a wolf set at the right, bookstore.
0: bookstore. Yeah. And we were like, okay. Was it called the big one? What, was on it called
1: or, Orca's Books or something like that? Ali. Yeah. Ali. It's like two stories. Yeah.
0: Right. Or had like it was like the first story, the bottom bottom store.
1: Yeah, I can't really remember. Yeah,
0: I know was she was film. doing
1: a wolf set.
0: Yeah, she was doing a wolf set. And we Hi. were making a joke like all these people, all these people from K-Records, they gotta be, you know what I mean? In, get, the, in the cut. They in the cut. We get there. It's Kimya Dawson. Uh, fucking Kim uh, Calvin Johnson. Um, yeah. Bill Elbrum. You know what I mean? And we're like, yep. oh, shit, this is crazy. We left that spot. We were screaming, bro, because we are like, oh, wow. These people are, these people were actually So there.
1: basically... So basically what you're telling me is you played the wrong show.
0: Yeah, yeah, because we played the wrong show, bro. I was gonna say it, bro. We basically played the wrong show, I was so mad. I wasn't mad, I was so happy, bro. I was so fucking happy because- Yeah, you know, right. Bro, we, ain't no other people got to do that. You know what I mean? Be at a show and then you get all these yeah P-K records at the show. Yeah, man. And you seeing, you know what I mean? It's yeah, hist- yeah. that was history, bro. That was so much history. That's crazy. I did not give a fuck about the whole tour. That was the going to Olympia uh, and being there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. bro, just that. That was that was something to write home about. I I I would have I would have went, went just for that day.
1: You were there, man.
0: I, I went to Rainy Day Records.
1: Yep. Yeah. Got some uh, Oh, yeah, you get a wipers t-shirt, get a Dennis Driscoll cassette get a
0: <laughs> you know what I mean I, 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 and then I went to I went to what's that Uh, the record store that's got the thrift store and it's a record store
1: oh yeah that's from back in the back in the yeah, I, I don't know if that Phantom Records I think yeah. and it was like yeah it was in the it was in the corner of a thrift store yeah 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 I remember that shit man that's crazy
0: I went, I went yeah to I the, mean I went to the back where they, where they where they got the dollar clothes or some shit yeah. This lady she came to I mean to, that was it. This lady she came the to me right, thing- she was like yeah. What is your nationality? Oh. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, Yo, what the fuck? Holy shit. No, she was talking to me for a minute. She was talking to me for a minute. Mm-hmm. Then she was like, What's your nationality? And I'm like, Oh shit, bitch, she's talking about some wild shit. So I was like, Um oh, I'm, I'm black and Filipino, uh well, why? And she's like Ma I love people mixed with black. I was like, I was like, oh Yeah, that's
1: so. You saw the whole part of olympia You saw the whole thing. I was, saw, the whole, I was like, this white wow.
0: woman is talking some wild shit to me. I was like, oh wow, okay. She loved racial mixing. Yeah. I was like, this wild, okay. And then she was like, uh, she was showing me a picture of her her niece who was mixed, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Then she get, then she, she hit me with it.
1: Do you believe? Welcome to the Northwest.
0: Do you believe in God?
1: <laughs> oh no! I was like,
0: you know what? Somebody, I think they called me. I think they got you know what I mean. I think. But uh, God bless though. But god, god bless. God bless. I'm out. Peace. I was like, yo, that shit is too much. I was, oh my god. She was, oh, uh, oh my god. I thought we yeah, was. Honestly, I ain't gonna lie. I thought we was gonna. She was trying to. She was trying to do me, but. I was a young bull, honestly, so I don't know what the fuck
1: to do with all that. Honestly, in the Northwest, when I moved there in, like, 1994, you know, I was the darkest dude around. Oh, I bet. It was crazy up there. My parents brought me up. My mom's, like, you know, half Japanese. Yeah. That's it. That's all we got. We got... Ha- I, my mom's half Japanese. That's the only, like, you know, coffee colors in me, right? But when we... They dropped me off at college in, in 1994. My mom was like, "Are you sure you want to be in Olympia?" I was like, "In Portland, because it's oh, just wow. so—it's oh, wow. just not a very diverse not at culture." All. That's all. That's, yeah, I mean, Seattle is. Seattle's got a lot of Asians and Black people, but Portland, Portland at that oh, time, Olympia—it's—it's just—it's a beautiful culture, but it's also incredibly. Kind of a monoculture, yeah. And so you would be like an absolute aberration. They'd be like, "What? Can I touch your skin?" They'd, Almost leveled. Like, like you're a, like wipe, you're a god.
0: They would white me, and they'd be like, "My daddy told me if I touch a black man, my hand'll turn black." You know, they ain't gonna do some <laughs> shit like that to me, bro. But it's, it's like, no. I mean, more
1: like, more like, more like they're like, you're, you know, honestly, like people up there that that are different or, or from a different culture or, or just darker or just you're treated kind of like royalty mm. because it is so it, there it is such a liberal place and they, a lot of people have a lot to say about a lot of different types of people that they may have never interacted with mm. so you become kind of like it, 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 it can become and I know this from friends of mine it can, it can become a sort of burden to like what, what they now call like doing their emotional labor yeah. Like you become their sage. they be in, in in Portland. They'd be like, uh, "Air Air Air Antoine, our our black advisor, please tell us how to act about this." You know, a, and you're like, "I don't fucking know." Be I'm like, like "Dude, you become a spokesman."
0: They'd be like, Antoine, I gotta tell you something. I'm like, "What?" And they're like, "When I was th- five years old, <sighs> I clutched my purse in front of a black person." So like, I'm Oh like, Yo, man! What the fuck? You're like, joking, Yo. but like, it's real. That's real. You're they're joking, like, but oh. like,
1: that's kind of yeah. They,
0: yeah, it's it's sad. It's like
1: that. It's it's sad. I like it's it's mean, I remember being young, being it's younger, and high doing high stupid high shit like that. You know? No, I don't know. I remember. Yeah, I remember being up there and younger and like doing some stupid shit like that with people from different cultures. Because it's just such a monoculture that you do. I mean, like, it's natural to want to ask, but Cause you're just not around other shit you're just around like you know beautiful culture but you're not around a diverse culture yeah. so it's funny it's funny but in Seattle it's uh, not like that it's not like that in Seattle that's the interesting thing that is that Seattle which is right so close is just you know and, and, so and Tacoma yeah because there's like military bases it's there's a there's a massive mixture of different cultures coming through Seattle, all the time. yeah. Portland. Portland's so white, Portland's Portland. so white. white. <laughs> That's why it's the craziest in 2020, they're the people that have been protesting non stop since. But it's all white people,
0: though.
1: Oh, yeah. It's oh, like, yeah.
0: It's like I don't know, it's a lot of white people. It's
1: it's, it's where interesting. The white
0: woman showed bare her vagina for the pic yeah There's yeah no yeah yeah
1: Yeah, and I know that nationally people are like that ain't it or whatever but yeah. that, it, it comes from the parlance of like that whole that whole part of the world which they're, they're trying their hardest to be very good
0: that's yeah.
1: I always it comes from a place of like such deep spirit of wanting to change the world in a utopian it's the last part of America to be developed. It's very young up there. It's very frontier. And, and so there's still a... U-
0: before, like, even in, like, the 1950s, wasn't there, like, a whole thing where you couldn't be black and live there?
1: Oh, the redlining in Portland is insane, dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's a that, that's a horrible history. I remember in the 90s, there were zines about it, like photocopied zines yeah. that were, like, whispered about. People were like, oh, fuck, you know what? I think we might be a part of the problem. But what it really is, is the history of African-Americans in Portland is that um, after World War II, um, a ton of industry started to develop in in Portland and a lot of black people from the South moved up there for jobs. And so there became a culture, but people people up there were racist. So they didn't want those people living amongst the other people. Yeah. and so they kind of started making these, lo- these these like kind of laws and quietly and almost invisibly pushing those people to one area and then in the 70s I think <clears throat> they wanted to build a highway and it's just like LA they pushed the black people on the other side of the highway and then it was like well we want to build a hospital right where we just moved you so they pushed them again and then when I got there in the 90s and 2000s, it was just gentrification. That was the, the places where the, the small black community was living, it became the place where all the hipster kids wanted to move to. And so then there was a great flight again and they got pushed out even more. And it was sad, you know, and I, I definitely, mea culpa, as a person of that generation, lived next door to a, a family from Louisiana, who had owned their house for 30 years and I just knew this was they're gonna that's it It, it, the next people that take over that house are gonna be like white kids making coffee you know
0: yeah
1: and that's the erasure and that's the pushing out of of the very small population of African Americans it's interesting because there's also a story of um, Ethiopian immigrants in Portland which is a strange big community of Ethiopians there
0: Yo, and, and that's a
1: different history. I
0: had the bomb Ethiopian yeah. food in Portland, which is crazy. Yeah,
1: there's, yeah, and like uh, I helped when I, later later, when I was helping curate an art center that my friend was running. We had Mahmoud Ahmed, who's like the biggest. He's like the James Brown of Ethiopia, mm-hmm. and he would play shows in America in D.C. and in Portland because he could get he could get the, the, backing musicians. There's enough like people that had the chops for mm. him to come through and it was that was bonkers man bonkers
0: mm, getting that money
1: yeah he's getting that money but people went people go crazy up there I mean oh, the yeah. Ethiopians go, I mean the, the whole the whole Ethiopian community basically shows up and then any kid that's into like dope music shows up it's a fucking party I mean, he's fucking with so. that's fire yeah yeah that's cool That's that part is cool uh, maybe a slightly less sad story <laughs> Yeah. But, um, yeah, for that show, we were dealing with this family of um, Ethiopian midgets who own a restaurant up there. Ooh. And there was them and the guy who runs Voodoo Donuts. Oh. They were, like, they partnered together. And then it was the museum. And so we were doing negotiations with this, like, slightly shady Ethiopian midget guy it who was, it was so funny doing the numbers with him. Because he would show up, like... <laughs>
0: Oh, God, speak
1: heavy. <laughs> He'd be like, no, 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 we're, not, we're doing it this way. We're oh. making flyers. We're just like, oh, man, I don't... Uh, but Voodoo they were dope. Did Voodoo Donuts and, man
0: pull up with the motherfucking <clears throat> uh, Rice Krispie treats?
1: Donuts? Yeah, he did. Or did he he did. With, uh,
0: with the infamous Captain Crunch, Crunch Berries.
1: Yeah, he pulled up stoned as fuck. That's how he pulled up. Um, but, um... What was funny about that Mahmoud Med show is that those uh, that family and I don't I don't really understand the genetics, but they were all small, mm. but they were running security. Okay. So you know, if anybody wanted to rush that, I don't know. You know, it's a little bit like maybe we should have somebody.
0: Else. Nah, man, you ever try to fight a dude that was smaller than you, man? <laughs> they their center of gravity.
1: They're feisty. Is yeah,
0: good, man. Hey, <laughs> you gotta be the underdog to win. <laughs>
1: Yeah, shouts out it. to those guys. It was, it was fun. I mean, I think that, I think they let half the Ethiopian community in for free, mm. which I mean, whatever, whatever. What's up? Whatever, let him in. I know it was fun though. Yeah, Mahmood showed up in the three-piece white suit. Had, I got, we rented him a gold wireless mic. Ooh, I like
0: Ooh. that. Yeah,
1: it was dope. Uh, it was. It was he, he played there a few times. He probably still does. You know, there's some labels now in Portland that do a lot of um, reissue of music from around the world, like mm. sublime, sublime Frequencies, yeah, That's The yeah. Health Sounds, and those people. You know, probably were involved.
0: Oh yeah, they loved Spr- man. Sublime frequencies that was a big that was a big thing.
1: Like, um, yeah,
0: lots of kids being like, oh my god.
1: Yeah, and they were in Seattle. why people, what? listen how
0: white people was getting in culture, getting in you know, some culture. Yeah, like yo, some fine frequencies they got that uh, Cambodian rock. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's listen to this one. Yeah, That man. was like the number one one I listened to, the Cambodian one.
1: You know, the yeah, like the the taxi tapes from Cambodia yeah. and shit like that. Mm-hmm. That shit is so dope. Yeah, those guys moved down to, to Portland. There, there was Mississippi Records, and Mississippi Records reissued a lot of old blues and country country blues and folk, and and there became a scene of like, again that sort of like anthropological library a uh, study of 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 different cultures, which is dope, man. I mean, you can't you can't fucking deny it. And Sahel sounds, I love. It's a kid who just would go throughout. Uh, Northwest Africa, like Mali and Niger, and record people on his phone and document all these crazy small musical scenes and bring them to to the, to the wider market, which is cool. These because I've seen bands come through because of them tour in America. So it's amazing the cultural exchange that they're just really hungry for that up there, mm. probably because it's so fucking like monoculture up there so so your band was called I'm sorry I'm writing this down
0: my band which when one when you
1: played Olympia at the Voyeur
0: was called Tad's Dream
1: Tad's Dream and like then, Tad um, Do- Tad Doyle
0: yes Tad Doyle
1: <laughs> from the band Tad
0: my man on Sub Pop and then um, yeah dude I didn't even like I did that one tour, and like, I did one other show with this dude. Uh, I don't know what it was. Played in some band. He played in this band, Artemis Pile. I think he played Artemis Pile. I think he maybe played something else. Uh, I don't know. But I did like a house show in San Jose. Mm-hmm. And that was my short-lived um,
1: noise drone uh, career. So what were you playing in these experimental... I was bands?
0: playing off of a SP-303... A, okay.
1: So uh, you're on the floor. A table. Uh, oh, you had table. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm I think I bought my own table. Yeah, yeah, of course. Table, like, table scene... There was, a, there was a moment where it's like, are you floor or are you table? Floor table, huh? Yeah, was there was table. a moment. Let me, let me just I was... make it clear,
0: man. I was table. Okay, I was table, yeah, God. yeah. Did table? I, I think if I played, I couldn't play on the floor, my pants were too tight.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? My pants were too tight. I don't want to bust a seam.
1: I'll tighten them myself. And... I was like staunchly floor. Yeah. For True. fucking years. I was going on tour with like big bands where you play in these places with a thousand people and the monitors are like a foot and a half tall yeah. and they'd have they'd have me open up I'd sit on the fucking floor nobody even knew I was playing anything but mm-hmm. I was like no I am a floor dude the floor is the biggest table you can buy <laughs> that was my idea it's like with the floor it's like you got the whole floor and I didn't you didn't need no table it's
0: like I don't even need a table where's the floor
1: but also the table allows for more performative like
0: yeah, like the table you know can shake and move.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was fucking with pedal. Pedal.
0: Right. And really, right. like, my performance had to do On what I was feeling that time. Right. Do like, yeah, a, yeah. Chill, a chill set. Right. Honestly, like, it was just so, like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing.
1: Having fun with your friends? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I was doing that. Yeah. That was me. I was just <laughs> that's that's pretty much all I was doing, was just having fun.
1: But like, like this is before or after some sort of hardcore or punk fans. Uh, after. Before?
0: It was before because I didn't I didn't have my own gear. Like right. I didn't when I did tattooing I wasn't using my gear, I was using my friend Zach's gear. Right. And that's what that's why I could do that. Then right. I had my own gear. I just didn't... I couldn't afford that shit, you know?
1: Of course. Um, Until you discovered that you could go to Guitar Showcase.
0: Nah, dude. I still didn't. I had to move. Right. When I played in a band, the next band I played in was another band called How To Summer.
1: Oh, yeah. How To Summer.
0: And that
1: sounds like a band with a seven-inch with a brown cover
0: we had a we had one tape I think
1: oh tape the black and, it was black and white kind of fuzzy artwork how to summer
0: I think the artwork was really bad actually the one of the dudes like- one, of, the one of the dudes uh, that we did the band with he was the fucking control freak so he uh-huh. made the he made the artwork and I'm pretty sure it was really bad I'm pretty sure it was like a sinking ship oh hell sinking. yeah
1: yeah, like hell yeah. I was like,
0: "What the fuck is this gonna do with anything? A stinking <laughs>
1: ship? What
0: is you that?" You need that
1: ship on your cover. Yeah, that what? Love Claire, that Love Claire tape from '97. You know, it had a fucking galleon. A on the- oh hell yeah, it's got a ship. What is that? What is that? What is the ship aesthetic with like these
0: bands? I think it.
1: I think it comes from like the Louisville, kind of like post slint post-smog. Like Louisville, drag and then Drag City, and, and Thrill Jockey in Chicago, like that post-rock thing, one of the things that came for in that quarter stick records, there was like all of this sort of like old-timey ship shit. Yeah. And I think that just like sprayed out for fucking 15 years amongst They're like, the they
0: let's just get this shit going. <laughs> let's have this shit going on. Damn, yeah, the wide picture that's right behind you,
1: bro. Oh shit! I don't know if it's gonna show up with the weird. What's
0: that? Is that a tape? Nah, it don't show up. It just oh, it do now. Yeah,
1: y'all was it's on that shit, kid. Yeah, this is the reissue some kid made. I can't believe some kid spent two hundred bucks to make these tapes. Oh
0: yeah, he got, that man made a thousand dollars. He made sixteen hundred off of that tape. Maybe.
1: Shit. I hope so. I don't even know where those other dudes are. It's 20, 25 years ago now. Some shit. But it's so, okay. You were in How To Summer. What were you playing? I was playing bass. So where'd you get the bass?
0: I actually was borrowing it from a friend.
1: And what was the bass? You don't
0: remember. I don't remember. It was, my, it was a friend Dan, my friend Danny's bass. Right. And then he let me borrow it.
1: What amp were you using? Somebody else's amp. Okay, so it's borrowed
0: gear. I had all borrowed gear, dude. I had no gear of my own. Okay, just wondering. I had a guitar that okay. my school. I had a guitar that my school bought me.
1: Nice.
0: They bought. I went to continuation school. They was crazy, bro. They got tax tax fraud and all types of shit. They was writing or spending money writing shit off. One of the uh, one of the owners of the school, the main money right. guy, when they. FBI came to be like where what I need when they got audited, the main guy was gone, he was out of there. And
1: the other but he dude, was like, he was like, hold this, Tuan, hold this.
0: He was like, hold this guitar. <laughs> I'm out of
1: here. And, uh, like, like, don't blow us up. We're gonna give you something. We're gonna give you eat this quiet. guitar.
0: You get to eat. I gotta eat Taco Bell. Ooh, I was vegan right at the time.
1: Uh, okay.
0: I was eating the Taco Bell burrito with the potatoes. Potato. Woo-hoo, that shit was fire, bro. Stupid fire. And I got to go to uh, this place called Tofu Kam Chai. At the time, it was 2006, mm-hmm. 2005, not many vegan places to eat. Mm-hmm. Tofu Kam Chai was the fucking the greatest What about
1: there. And you weren't hip to like Indian, like the San Jose Indian?
0: Uh, There was one Indian spot that I went to by my house all the time.
1: Right, called Coquilla's Kitchen, and I ate
0: there when I gra- after I graduated, I started eating there, mm-hmm. and I was oh my god I ate there every fucking week.
1: What what so from how to summer, I, I don't maybe this has been dis- a discourse that has been elaborated on a lot, yeah, but like how did you go from how to summer to rap?
0: I went from How To Summer to um, this other band that I played in. Well, I started rapping Mm -hmm. right after before, a little little bit after How To Summer and I was recording with some other people. Basically some like weird shit happened and then they were they were like the dude we were recording with was like I want you to rap on like my beats be whack as fuck. I met my man Doug at the time. Who became DJ Sex play, DJ Basslore. He his beats was fire. You know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He his ass was on the spectrum a little bit. So you know he got the fire beats off top. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Uh, uh went from him. And then I just started doing shit with with Doug because I was like, yo, man, like. It's not working out, bro. We got our own mic. You know what I'm saying? We were recording at the crib, dude. We didn't even really have our own mic. We recorded with a headset, but right. our shit was fucking lovely. You know what I mean? And we we're recording, having fun. My mom was never home. You know what I'm saying? She was living. Right. Her, she was living at her boyfriend's house because her boyfriend lived real next to her work. So right, right. We just he was, was dumpstering food. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like smoking weed in the crib my mom would come home like once a week just to like get clothes check in. Get clothes. I not even check in she's just like how do you got all this food and I'd be like I got it out the dumpster you feel me freaking I got it out that dumpster it's free and then she's like what and I was like yeah and then I was stealing and shit you know I was going off pretty much I was just like at that time so that was my we're doing rap um Then I'm doing this stuff with this label. I'm not even saying names, cause like- I hear you. Cause like- No, but
1: what's interesting to me is that you took the ethos of like, we started talking about how you fucked with the microphone, the K record scene, the do-it-yourself attitude of the independent, uh, post-punk, the world that punk and, and independent you know music created but then took taking that philosophy wide and being like that's the same ethos as like recording with beats and using what you got exactly to make cool shit and so like when you say that in these other bands you were borrowing gear it's still like this other abstracted world but when you when you actually were like well what can we make just us yeah. in this house alone mom's gone which is the same sort of ethos as, like, the, the, the music of, like...
0: Yo, one second, I gotta close my window. Okay.
1: You know what I'm saying, like, uh, it's the same ethos. What's that? It's the same ethos. Yeah. It's it's the same modus of operation.
0: Yeah, like we're all borrowing equipment and just creating something out of nothing. I don't feel like like, nowadays that's not really like the case. People are like, let's record something. Let's get big. Let's sell merchandise. Let's go on tour. Let's do this. Let's do that. And that's cool that there's more like before like you didn't really think that far into it you're just like let's make some music
1: yeah there, maybe the the goals were like a little lower but you just because that seemed like all that was attainable yeah and that was enough but now people are like oh the doors are wide open we could be uh peep level if we just hustle enough or something you know what i mean i
0: don't think anybody
1: be peep level he's like right he uh, he shot up like a beanpole. pole. Ah,
0: he's a special child.
1: Very yeah.
0: special. but, he, so but
1: you he, know I, you know what I mean. It's like the people can reach that level of saturation and success and they from try. Play. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's but crazy. I that feel
0: like a lot of people think that that they they try by like, let's take a viral video of me eating a piece of shit. Yeah. People are like, Oh my god, that's the shit eater. Let's go to his Instagram. <laughs> Whoa, shit eater is a rapper?
1: Yeah, like the that I just rewatched you know that show I watched that show Dave, you know? Yeah. You know, and his that's buddy's like, Let's go show. viral. What? That's such a good show. Yeah, but like his buddy's like, Well, we gotta go viral if you're not gonna make any music and then Oh Gator? No, his like um ginger uh Oh his manager this... roommate? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, we gotta go viral, and so he's like dressed as the, like Jim Carrey in the mask, and saying like, "Somebody suck me," and he be saying, <laughs> and the people are like, they're like, "Oh, you're the Somebody suck me guy," and he's like, oh, "I'm a rapper too." They're like, "Yeah, whatever."
0: Yeah,
1: you're the, you're a meme, which I guess is probably paralleling how that dude got up. Yeah, like he actually was like just a meme. He was just trying to get eyeballs on himself parlay that and he's parlayed that all the way to a fucking tv show it's crazy
0: oh yeah like his whole thing was he wanted to have a tv show i think from the beginning
1: yeah it seems like that you know yeah. which, which is, is cool because
0: cool. he created that show himself
1: yeah it's dope i love the show and i love it you
0: know a show i love right now what's that friday night lights
1: oh that emo shit so you're going back to your emo roots I'm back on okay, emo now. <laughs> Explosion in the sky song. Dude, man, if you ever listen to my band from the late nineties, you may beat Sue. I might like it, bro. Bro, we were doing it. We were like free explosions, man. Like I remember when explosions came out a few years later, I was like, hmm. The really?
0: somebody's still in the blueprint
1: yeah i mean we were stealing the blueprint from the people before i'm not i'm not saying we invented shit but like when that they just really explosions was that like mogwai era where they like cleaned it up a little bit we were sloppy we were like duster or whatever sloppy but then when like mogwai and explosions kind of came up they were like let's clean this act up a little bit and it was that's when they hit with the fucking sports shit Ooh! Oh man, they made so much money off of that dude. But now you see like car commercials with that post rock guitar shit. You know, like oh,
0: yeah,
1: it's become kind of a cliche. But I fuck with it. You ever watched that show? It. I think I watched the. There was a movie first, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: The movie's great. I love the movie. Oh, and the then show, I, I don't. The show's amazing. Yeah, it's so soapy. It's too soapy for me.
0: Oh, I'm so I'm I'm so addict. I'll be loving it.
1: Like, yeah, like high school fucking, soap.
0: I grew up watching fucking the biggest soap opera of them all, like wrestling. Was like the hugest, what did you watch? Was wrestling is like the hugest soap opera.
1: Oh, of wrestling. All. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know? Yeah, to me, that one is kind of like my so-called life, or like Dawson's Creek, where it's just yeah, like high I'll school. Watch that shit too. High school love drama. I you can't get me in there. You can't. You don't catch me weeping over like dave going for teresa instead of uh maggie or whatever i'm just like i don't give a fuck oh, like, I'll be so about that shit. like oh shit terrence got a dui he's not gonna tell his mom like i don't give a fuck i don't care they go crazier <laughs> than that though <laughs> they go wild like like johnny's juicing Wait, did you watch? Have you seen the show? <laughs> no, I'm just making shit up, like literally. Oh yeah,
0: you haven't seen it, bro. You gotta watch the <laughs> shit. I swear to God, you'll be like, "Oh fuck, this is wild." First episode. Oh. First episode. Quarterback becomes paralyzed.
1: Damn.
0: Star quarterback paralyzed. Boom. Then Lila Garrity, his girlfriend, starts fucking around with his his boy that's on the team.
1: Boom. And then Drake Drake shows up, and he and Drake both wheel out. and' wheel not cares. in it.
0: Michael B. Jordan <laughs> is in it though. <laughs> Oh, okay. Okay. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> See, Michael B. Jordan. Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a criminal. Starts off, he's a criminal. Then mm-hmm. they put him in the. They want him to put him the little criminal to sports program. Mm-hmm. So they put him on the team. He's playing a wildcat mm-hmm. position, where okay. I don't know what that fuck that means, but he uh he uh, first wildcat. he had wide receiver, then he a quarterback, then right, he cornerback, right, right. then he a quarterback. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it's fucking amazing fucking amazing
1: my favorite b jordan is 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 b jordan has creed 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 2 creed oh yeah they
0: go to max's they go to max's in north philly
1: yeah yeah they do they go to max's his girlfriend's like the deaf soul singer isn't she an actual she's
0: like an actual yeah. artist
1: though yeah but then, but like in the movie she's like partly deaf or something she only has a small amount of time before he goes fully deaf to get these soulful songs out. the wow. fuck with that movie, man? That movie's good. Creed I mean, and Creed 2. What about, have you seen Creed 2? I don't know. I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I've seen
0: Creed 2. It's, he fight, doesn't he fight uh, Ivan Drago's son?
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's fucking sick, man. Have you like,
0: seen the Rocky where, like, Rocky's like... Yeah, old Rocky? He, he not old Rocky, but he's like... Maybe it's Rocky 5 or 4 where he's he's like, he's already there. He's got the mansion and everything. And then the kid comes and beats him up in the alley in front of all these people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they were like, yo, rock this young kid, blah, blah. And his, I think someone dies. Another person dies.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Maybe his his wife's brother, right? Because his brother's his oh yeah, 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 yeah. One of the trainers, the trainer. Right? Yeah, yeah. I Rocky's can't remember. Is he, well, Rocky is literally the. I don't know. Like it's fucking amazing. I'm so glad that that uh, Michael B. Jordan is Creed's son.
1: Yeah, and dude, he's part of the pantheon. He's a part it. of the. He's a part of the Rocky cinematic universe, which is. I fuck
0: with it. I remember my first ex girlfriend. She like she was like, let's watch the Rock or Rocky, right? She wanna watch the first Rocky yeah. movie. Watched the first Rocky movie and she was mad horny afterwards. Oh, of course. And, and then we had sex. It's like probably one of the first <laughs> times I had sex. And I was you were like, just like, Yeah, I was like, Oh shit, I'm finna be like Rocky now.
1: I'm gonna rock your stairs, girl.
0: Yeah, I'm about to, you know, I'm about to be <laughs> Rocky now. Let's go.
1: Let me hit. Let me, let me hit that. Let me hit that bag of meat. I. Right. <laughs> Or I don't know. Yeah, rocky oh, wow. sex metaphors don't really work that. No, they work great. know.
0: Oh, what is so? What What do you feel about uh, the uh, wet ass pussy song? I don't know. Why. I haven't heard
1: it yet. I just been. Sli- I've been sleeping on looking at it for th- what two, uh, 36 hours. I feel like I'm late. I-, I-, I showed up to the meme late. I feel like I'm late on it. I don't have a take. Yeah. I might just let this one go. I'm old. I got other shit. You heard it.
0: You gotta turn on the radio because I know you like the radio in your car. Uh, you,
1: probably,
0: you probably listen to the radio and you're like, "Who sings it? Song? Huh?
1: Whose is it? Curtis B." Well, yeah, she's cool. What? what like, why Megan, are people?
0: Megan Thee
1: I don't know who that is. She's fire. Okay.
0: She goes. Sounds off.
1: like a cool. Sounds like a cool song. I'll probably check it out.
0: Because she's from, she from Houston. She go off.
1: Is it like my neck, my back level? Or is it nah. like... Or is it like Tweet? Remember Tweet with Missy?
0: Nah. They go off. Make The Stallion with, go
1: off. She go crazy. Tweet tweet with Missy, that song. Oops. Mm. About masturbating to yourself in the mirror.
0: That's some shit, though. Because like now That nowadays, song was,
1: she, That she, shit. Like,
0: like Megan The Stallion talking about like... Eating the pussy,
1: uh-huh.
0: eating her butt, but like back in the day, like you couldn't really say that, so you had to be like, dah, dah, dah. and then people were like, this song was about a boner. This song was about <laughs> masturbation. This song I like about that. Pre coming, you know what I mean? Like, you I have like- to have the homie be like, hey, dude, do you know what this song was about?
1: Yeah, you Superman I mean? that title like, is not about Superman.
0: Yeah, and then. <laughs> uh wet ass pussy is just straight up it's about motherfucking these girls about to get their shit off, talk their shit. Mm-hmm. Now some fucking this and that. And it's uh so,
1: so it's like a two life like crew that. joint. It's like yeah. a two life crew type.
0: I think they use like a uh that the what's it the the Baltimore that Baltimore fucking Bounce shit? The, not the not the whole beat, but that sample. That there's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this house. You know that one? Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: And then, sounds, uh, sounds like great music. Yeah, I'll check it out. I like explicit music. I yeah, they're making have...
0: they're making explicit music for the mainstream. That's cool.
1: Good, Good for them.
0: You know they really the need to like they need to give it up. Magnolia Shorty been doing that. Rest in peace. They've been doing that I... in New Orleans.
1: True. Yeah, They've
0: been doing that in Baltimore. They've been doing that in Miami. Yeah. Now it's really, really mainstream. I think, and I think the big, the biggest thing is it is Matt Funny is that they had that dude Ben Shapiro
1: reading the
0: <laughs> lyrics.
1: Oh, I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, He's like mer, 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 mer. I'm, I'm a fucking jackass. Yeah, That's that dude funny. needs to get his. That dude needs to get his ass licked. Honestly, he needs to lose. Yeah. Something about yeah. him, man. I don't, I don't trust somebody that squeaky clean.
0: Yeah, Ben Shapiro, too squeaky.
1: I bet he's in some Roman bathhouses getting plowed by dudes or something. I don't, you know, like there's got to be something other side. You can't, you can't be that. You can't be that fucking buttoned up without it, without without the shadow, you know, in, in the Jungian, like Carl Jung. You, you know, you have two sides. Mm. So you you might be. This sort of like you might be the the, the teacher, or um, and on one side, and then the opposite of that will be the fool or the the, the the wily devil or something like that. You know, that guy. Gives a shit, man. Yeah, he just true. doesn't. He does These people are not yin yang, man. I, that's what I, I culture these days. It's people out of balance.
0: Yeah, a lot of unbalanced people.
1: It's just one thing without the other—black or white instead of mixed yeah. and balanced together. So it's like you're either like the most pure or the most evil, and I don't yeah. think that either of those things really truly exists in a human or in humanity or in the world. Everything is always yin yang. And a lot of uh,
0: fa- a lot of uh, a lot of false perpetrating yin yangers out there.
1: Not enough. I don't. Yeah, they <laughs> the twins need the
0: to yin-yang come back.
1: The Yin Yang Twins come back. Whisper in your ear about world peace. That's what they need to be doing.
0: I'm telling you, they need to win the Yin Yang Twins, man. They need we need them.
1: We need a we need a Yin Yang Twins social conscious sort of like a, a whisper song where they're whispering into Donald Trump's ear or Ben Shapiro's ear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We need we need the Yin Yang twins back in the office, the Oval Office. We need them to there was like Yin Yang twins was the wildest shit when they had those like when they were showing when they lived in those like uh those like mansions in fucking um in Atlanta. The things are so like not expensive.
1: <laughs> I didn't see their cribs or
0: anything. It's fire. I always yeah, wanted to move to one of those houses. You could dude you could
1: live yeah
0: in one of those spots so easily in Atlanta.
1: Yeah, yeah it was cheap. It's cheap. Um yeah, Collie Park was interesting.
0: Mr. Collie Park?
1: Yeah. I think it was he he produced this uh Belvis sparks This this girl yeah, but this girl these this girl group, these high schoolers. Hmm. Uh, I think they're called Soso Bosses. Whoa! Because... And then they had, um, and it was like a Soso deaf throwback type jam where I was obsessed with the song because it was so like '90s, um, like Freaknik, you know, sweet girls, and then like a, you know, that kind of beat. Yeah. And then they then they had a uh, Soldier Boy on the remix. I, that that was so death? No, it was Collie Park produced and I don't know who put it out. Mm. Um, I think it's Collie Park produced and it was like, it didn't get anywhere past regional. I love that track though. You gotta, you gotta find that track. It's so sick. And I got it. It's called um, you make me delirious. Oh, Del- delirious. I can't At that, that, I, it's like it's like a something you can throw on a DJ set. And people are like, oh, what is this? i nah, fuck with that. Uh, just so so bosses, also a horrible band, but they were like high school girls. Yeah. That and then they had the uh, yeah they got Soldier Boy to do a peak Soldier Boy era introverse. They made a video. It's in a school bus. It's dope. Like the whole thing is dope.
0: Soldier Boy was but, so fire back then, though.
1: He, yeah, what's what happened to young? Dr- what what happened to uh, Draco the first? <laughs> the first Draco,
0: thirty thirty boys. That shit was fire.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: A-Rab. I remember. I found them because a friend of mine posted that bathing ape song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo who is this guy? He's at the mall and he's buying bathing apes. And I was like, yo, like, I didn't know the mall sold bathing apes. And I'd always try to go to the mall and go look for bathing apes. You can't do it. You can't do it. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is this man buying bathing, he got bathing apes at the mall. It's wild. Then I was like, I'm gonna keep up with them. And then I went and I remember, I went and looked at his, his YouTube, yeah, and I was like, "Oh shit, what happened to Soldier Boy? I need to fucking figure it out," because I was like, "Oh damn, I love these songs. What happened?" And it was like him on top of like the some spot. He just signed an Interscope, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo." Then yeah, totally. that Superman and Ho came out. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoa, this man really, really made it." I was so excited. I was like, "Yeah, yeah Soldier Boy could do this." Obviously, yeah. YouTube. And this is when we were recording, like me and Doug were recording. So yeah, right. I was like, wow, like this man really, he can do it off internet. And he was the first right. person to really show me that you could really do that off the internet.
1: Yeah, right. You just it was him. He do it. it. It was him. And then, well, I, I guess it's a little different and more experimental, but uh, uh little B. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, well, Lil B, he got the, he got pretty much the. Lil B, his route was a lot different and. Yeah, it was <laughs> He was wild because I remember the when the pack came out and I was like, oh, yeah, sick mm-hmm,
1: pack. The Vans. Then, Vans. is good.
0: Then, then I remember Lil B on MySpace. Yeah, 100 and yep. then one just, like, like, He had so many MySpaces. I was like, dude, why is this going cool? like. Because you can only put four songs in there. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Uh, then, this was before, like, I think Myspace started where you could just put a whole bunch of songs.
1: No, dude, he just had four songs on each page. No, I know he did, page. but
0: then after a while, like, they, like, because <laughs> people were, like, trying to make different Myspaces, they just were yeah. like, okay, you can have unlimited songs now on, my, on a Music Myspace. Right,
1: yeah. But he he saturated the fuck out of that shit. That was I super did. sick. And I loved it, 3, too, because too. it was... What?
0: They're all free so you can just download the songs?
1: Yeah, it's free and also like insanely experimental. And it was inspiring to me as like somebody coming from that uh, scene of DIY Lo-Fi to see somebody in the rap game doing it. I was obsessed with this. mind. I would check every day to see if he put new songs up. Yeah. And I told everybody about this dude. I told all these noise people. I was like, this kid is like Lee Scratch Perry level like um outsider genius. He's coming with something that you this has not been seen before. Yeah. Um, it's like jandak it's like all these things where it's like outsiders coming through with all this crazy shit. And he was putting up such wild shit at the time. That I remember um this like Sacramento experimental label Weird Forest. Yeah. Through a, a friend of mine, got really hooked on real beast shit, and went and visited Brandon in Berkeley, and went through his hard drives and found his most experimental shit, and put out a vinyl on a noise label. Wow! Which I think was his first like physical release. I always thought it was
0: fucking crazy how the like yeah. people like real like experimental people like took to
1: will be well because that's why because it paralleled the sort of like freedom to scattershot release every single strange experimental idea without yeah. any sort of commercial appeal uh that's why people were and and, the, and his ideas are so wild that it just took people like people you know a lot of people like that might have a bias against hip-hop or r&b or anything funky but this they could understand They're like oh this this is some guy being crazy. I like I like people being crazy. Yeah, you know, they might not be the funkiest person on earth, but they can understand that he was coming with something wild.
0: I think if it wasn't for Soldier Boy and Lil B, there'd probably be you no know, me.
1: Okay, yeah, I I can see that, man. Yeah, Feel but like- I, I'll but I don't know, man. You don't. I don't think you give yourself enough credit coming from where you came from, playing the the voyeur. And doing this DIY shit, you are like, you you have one foot planted in each of these things in a way that I don't think those guys did. That's true. That's true. So you came from a real place. You weren't like a rap kid who maybe bumped into the DIY ethos.
0: I think a lot of people think that.
1: You're a a guy that had the DIY ethos and... Transition into rapping True true So that's a little bit of a different Path so I think that you're just as much I I don't know I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass But I feel like that's just as much
0: So what you're Trying to tell me is I am Little B and Soldier Boy Thank you
1: for. Yeah I mean I I think that you Deserve a spot man I I really do I really think that you deserve Because it's a different path I you think know. your path is more like there was in, indie rap
0: yeah
1: you know what I mean if, you know you're, in, you're there's a little bit more of a parallel to that indie rap scene but, sure. but at the same time not that backpacker mentality of like yeah it was like it that was kind
0: lap. of like its own thing but I feel like what I was doing is more in tune yeah I not
1: coming huh not, you weren't coming from that world, yeah, of backpacker alternative raps. No, not really. No, I wasn't a, part of divorce. that though. I was
0: like a part of that a little bit, but that was like kind of what I needed. Right, you know I remember I mean? that moment. You know, I needed to to touch on that because that's the kind of person like I feel like I kind of am. Like I need to, I like to understand if i learn about like different kind of like sub genres or yeah right i want to understand them all
1: yeah and like I and they were like well i feel like that that scene kind of needed new legs it needed new people it needed new ideas and i think in a lot of ways they were like oh we should fuck with twon true because you were doing your own thing
0: the, the I don't know, like the backpack scene. Like, what was it? Gr- grand Good? Remember Grand Good? Uh, two no. Dogs? Remember? Uh, two oh, dogs. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those blogs? Yeah, yeah. Heavy used to post me. Mm hmm. Stopped. They stopped after West Side Horizon stopped. They're like, right. End of Earth, they were like, what the fuck is this? This is not rap. They're like, they're like, what is it? What are these beats? This it's trap funny. music. They're like, what is this? Yeah, waka flaka?
1: Yeah, he's singing too loud.
0: Yeah, they're like, yo, what the fuck is that?
1: <laughs> but that's like, uh, You're supposed to have a weird voice and a lot of vocabulary, right? <laughs> I think that's
0: where it kind of. You grow out of that stuff. You know what I mean? Right. You learn what you can learn, take what you can take. Yeah. Either you keep going there or you know, you grow. You gotta grow
1: eventually. Yeah, I don't know, oh. man. It's such, a, it's such a dope thing to think about that time period where all of these things kind of went. Yeah. And now we're in a transformed world. Like we're, we're talking about the, the elements that created this new culture. And, Which but, now we take for granted.
0: Yes, that's true. Now we now we want to shit on it and leave it alone and bring it, get something new.
1: Yeah, I miss, I
0: miss I miss when we start people start going to the club and wearing fedoras. <laughs> remember, like uh, remember, Flusterdamos.
1: Damas, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Missed the mashup. I remember, film. yeah, I remember back in that sort of era. I was in a band with this like Adonis cut, gay, black kid that I met, who had an amazing like tenor voice, mm-hmm. like a like a R&B voice. What band that was that? It was called Purple. That's me and Green, cause he only wore green, and uh, we fucking slayed in the northwest
0: who else was playing
1: dead set no i mean like up there nothing like that existed Uh, because i was making like beats like hip-hop or r&b or or house beats and he was was in. and the kids would just go crazy was that the same
0: time around the panther
1: (laughs) yeah i guess but they're from like what the east coast or something definitely yeah And, like, no, what we had up there and, like, where we resonated and we were kind of like starting to flirt with, fucking with was like the gossip. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and Glass Candy. They liked us. We played with Glass Candy one time. They were just like so, they were, they loved it because we would get the crowd hyped up for them, man. Damn. you know it was a very short-lived project based but like we had a lot of interest because it was like oh shit that crossover of r and B with like be- because he was gay and black there was a lot of identity based yeah. music you know that we were fucking with like that scene they really fucked with us Um and then like indie and r&b and rap worlds coming together like 10 years ago it was a moment when like we thought that band was going to be the thing. Yeah, it was me as a weird noise guy playing keyboards and making beats, and then a guy just belting. Like, that could have been a thing. It, it could, yeah. And so we were trying, we, we were trying, but we never, we never really could make the the product good enough. We sent some demos out. I got more label interest than I've ever had in my life, man. It was crazy coming from like being a weird you know kind of experimental guy to like more pop indie pop independent pop market like i was like oh shit like sub pop could smell at like this we could oh, fuck yeah. with like i was like oh we could be on some shit because i think from the indian and, and experimental side there was like how to dress well there was um the, the band before blood orange Test, uh, the test icicles Yeah or whatever there was a there was a bunch of stuff that was kind of like emerging at that that perfect moment and I was like mm-hmm. oh if we catch this wave we could like do something for this for a minute but Yeah kind of, kind of fell apart Regional hit it's fire, bro yeah you never seen so many like nerdy white kids take their glasses off and put them on the stage so they could dance sexually. It was fucking amazing, dude. It was dude,
0: fucking sick. What a great
1: time! You ever been in the offices in Pop? No, not the new Subpop. I know the guy that used. To, he, I know the guy that ran it after Pavit Bruce oh. Pavitt left. I, there's a guy named Rich Jensen who's old friends with Calvin, who put out spoken word tapes on K, Ooh. and like Calvin and Calvin and. Bruce, they started their label, Sub Pop and K, as like little micro zine cassettes in the early 80s. So he knows him, Bruce. And then anyway, after Bruce kind of like left post-grunge like 98, he gave it to this other guy, Rich Jensen, who ran it in the late 90s and early 1000s when they were like putting out like Sebado and some other shit. Mm. And then this other dude, Tony Kewell, and a bunch of other people took it over like in the, in the, in the box. So it was like, well, that was when like, it was the thermals and, 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 uh,
0: Ooh, thermals.
1: and like oh. Isaac Brock from Modest Mouse was kind of doing A&R. They put the shins on there. They, and then they got um, that noise band from Detroit. Wolf Eyes was on there. Oh, wow. You know, and then they started kind of like doing a different thing for Sub Pop in the, in the, in the 2000s. But I knew the guy Rich. Rich Rich is a funny dude. He's a weird fucking dude. I and mean, he it's so funny. He was living in a tiny apartment in Seattle. A tiny, like a closet. And he's an older guy. Mm-hmm. And he had his Sub Pop bathrobe from when he was the president of Sub Pop. and then he had a a box of cards that still it was like him uh he was using him as his business cards he would scratch out sub pop and just say like poet or something
0: (laughs) this is after sub pop
1: yeah yeah after he left sub pop as the as the main guy and rich jensen his claim to fame is that he wrote a spoken word song and recorded it on cassette and put it out on k in like 80 something and then um yacht Their first little mini hit was covering that, Mm. so he's like, "I'm blowing up. See a penny, pick it up." I think that's the is that his song? I don't know. I remember which song was his by the group Yacht, who got signed to DFA. Crazy shit. What Yacht? yacht? Yeah, they got pretty big. You know, I think they're they're doing okay here in L.A.
0: Yeah. What a great place, L.A. I was thinking about moving back, but then I don't want
1: to. Do not do it, man.
0: I'm thinking of moving so. to New York, actually.
1: Oh, it could, yeah, it could be fun. Yeah.
0: White Flight is happening right now. In New York? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, like a lot of people are moving out of New York, and they're moving to, like, back to where they're from, or they're, like,
1: right. That not trying sense. to
0: live in the city, I guess anymore yeah you
1: don't if you're like if you're working a corporate job and it's all work from home these days and you're a designer creative person
0: yeah there's not you, there's, there's no, no you don't really not even just that i think it's just like people move to new york because they wanted to live in a city with the nightlife there's not a yeah, no, nightlife no, anymore yeah the nightlife that they're used to
1: mm-hmm.
0: but like native new yorkers they know like They know what the fuck to do with their nightlife.
1: They're like, hey, we'll just fucking do what we do, you know? Yeah, same with L.A., man. Like, there's no real reason for a hipster, like an aging hipster like me, to live here anymore. There's no cool clubs to go to. There's no DJ nights at bars with your homies. The shortstop? Uh, The cop bar? (laughs) There's no bootsies is gone, man, you know? The satellite closed. Oh, for good, huh? Yeah, which is, you know, honestly, the best part of living in L.A. for me, culturally. Um,
0: i ain't never been a size...
1: I, I played shows there when it was in, in the late 90s, dude, and now it, it became such a, a place for comedy, which is, like, the one culture I think that L.A. has that's, like, one, irreplaceable. Yeah. Irreplaceable. Everything else, like, the music culture here is, like, okay, whatever, but, like, the one O.G., the, Culture here that's really died in the wool, and from here, the way like Phil and Calvin and everything was from Olympia. Yeah, and L.A. culture is is comedy, man.
0: Nah, for sure,
1: I agree. Which is sad. They they lost they lost that that venue, that that Eastside alternative comedy venue. So I, you know, who knows what's gonna happen. Shit. So, I don't know. I'll stay here or not.
0: Let's go to New York, bro. Fuck this.
1: No, I'm gonna move to Fort Bragg, live in a cabin.
0: Fort Bragg, North Cal-, Cal.
1: Where's that? No, North Cal, like uh, uh, north of Mendocino. Oh. On the coast.
0: Fuck it, I'm gonna move to Dillon, Texas, and get on the the high school football coach. <laughs> it's my life now, football.
1: Dude, uh, have you ever watched uh, Hoosiers? No. That
0: is Gene
1: like an Hackman ice, and
0: ice fish, ice fishing.
1: Hoosier. No, it's Gene. No, it's Gene Hackman. No, and,
0: Hoosiers is the um, that's the hockey one, right?
1: No, wait, what am I thinking of with Gene Hackman and um and um?
0: Oh, Grumpy Old Man.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, the basketball movie. Hoosiers, yeah.
0: It's mean, uh, basketball movie, Juana Man? That's
1: what you Man, yeah. Juana uh, Man, huh? That's my Juana uh, Man. my lady. My lady does an amazing um.
0: Juana Man impression?
1: No, um, you know, in uh, white men can't jump mm. with um. Woody, Har- Woody Harrelson and he's got a girlfriend, right? Oh
0: God, I don't know where this is going.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, she does a Rosie Perez uh, impression. No, but she she does a Rosie Perez as an Indian woman impression. Oh, no, like don't repeat it. <laughs> it's so funny because you're like, what the fuck are you doing, Billy? Oh God. <laughs> It's amazing. It just like goes from the. It can flip. She can flip those two accents together. It's amazing. Are you fucking serious, Billy?
0: That's like British. That's like a British. Uh, yeah, I, I can't word.
1: do it right. Yeah, but my girl's like British and stuff. So she, she can do a pretty good Indian.
0: She's doing in the butter movie. chicken version of
1: it. Yeah, but like the Rosie Perez as an Indian wife yeah. scolding.
0: It's, no, it's did you know good. that?
1: and this is probably just
0: me being ignorant, but I didn't know that tiki masala was, uh, tiki masala is not a authentic Indian food.
1: Oh, really? It's like Americanized? Like no, no, no. Thai you know, it? it was made in Scotland. By oh, a, interesting. It was made
0: in Scotland by, Indian, by Indian, an Indian, by an Indian right. chef. But I think he was like a First generation,
1: right? Living back in 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 the colonizers' land.
0: Yeah, and it was invented in Scott in Glasgow.
1: Tikkama. I, I was
0: like, I was making fun of on IG. I was making fun of white people being like, "I love Indian food, Tikka Masala. That's my favorite." You know what I <laughs> mean? Because that's like right. when you talk to a white person about Indian food, they like. Chiki
1: masala, oh my god! Right, like, right,
0: right, right, bro. Like, okay. And then, I, and then, someone was like, "That is." It's like chop it and, suey. Yeah, and it's like, and
1: chop, oh wow, chop suey. I was reading a history of chop suey, like where the term comes from, and it's like,
0: oh yeah, system of it down. Yeah, that's where it comes from, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had Armenian
0: food? Have
1: I? Yeah, I don't even know. No, the, little I guess pizza.
0: Just... the little pizza boat with the egg in it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Turkish. What's that called? I don't know. Pizza Turkish. Pizza
0: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Um, what about Filipino food, man? I, I still can't crack it.
0: Uh, It's pork.
1: Yeah, right? It just everything, seems like a lot of heavy.
0: Everything is pork. They're yeah. fried. And souped up. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because we have, I mean, like, I don't live. I live in the Filipino town neighborhood, and there's some like real like hole in the wall Filipino restaurants around that I've always been a little bit intimidated to go in because all the words are different. Right. I don't even know what the fuck it is.
0: Just tell them that. I guess so. And then they'll be like, but, "Okay, we'll we'll help you out," because they just want you to eat. That's basically all Filipinos do. Like. That's why I can't go to a Filipino party at all. Is it trying to make you eat? If I'm being, if I'm vegan, like mm-hmm. I could eat meat. Like, let's right. say the two things you got to do, you go to the Filipino party is you're going to drink or you're going to eat. Right. And if you don't eat meat, oh, you finna eat a whole <laughs> bowl of rice, bro. Like that's all. You
1: know, that's that's all there is, right?
0: bowl of rice and some uh, birthday cake. <laughs> You gotta eat, bro. Like, oh my god, dude! My aunties didn't like me, bro, because we are like, oh no, I'm gonna eat. My mom would be just fucking eat, just eat. And my mom was like, just eat, eat this. I'm like, no, just eat it. And I'll like, give it to your it. dog. Slow, eat it very slow. <laughs> You'll eat it very, very slowly because after you finish it, here's some more. It's
1: gonna, yeah, it's another plate. Now, more. let me ask you, oh, It's The go plate. Boom. Right, you get another you fix. Another plate. Let me ask you this though—it's maybe ignorant, but like, oh. does it par—does it parallel Hawaiian food in that—in that it's like an islander?
0: Oh my God! See, there's food. there are Filipinos that are very much—they're like real into the islander joint. Like, I had cousins and they were like playing ukulele, right? They was knowing all the Brother Is songs.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, what's his name? That's nice to nice to know you. Let's do it again. You know, I was singing. I don't know. Uh, Jake, 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 Jake. Fuck, Jake, man.
1: The right Is he...
0: Uh, he do the islander reggae shit.
1: Oh, I don't know it. Oh, I man. just know the somewhere oh, over the smoke, rainbow it, shit.
0: It made me want to smoke weed, but I don't smoke weed. <laughs> I don't got no reservations <laughs> to smoke weed. But it, if I smoked weed. I probably really <laughs> fuck with that shit. I don't know. But but
1: there's like... that. there is parallels between the cultures, right?
0: Yeah. But then there's also Filipinos that are just real... That's the thing is like, you know, like the Philippines were court-martialed. So a lot of the... A lot of the culture from before is gone and right. replaced with the basically an American culture, a westernized culture. So... Filipinos now, there's like they don't really they bounce back between a whole bunch of shit. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. I
0: I was in the elevator, and then I don't know if man was joking around or not, but he said like he was talking to this lady, and he was like, "All lives matter," and I was like, "I was like, yeah, motherfucker, what you mean all lives matter, dog? Like, (laughs) what you saying, bro? Like, what you saying right now?" But that's the thing is too, is that like. Filipinos don't even know I'm Filipino till I be like, yo, I'm Filipino, dog. And they're like, right. oh, do you speak Tagalog? And I'm like, oh, I understand it. That's not even enough for them. That's not enough. I understand it. Hey, bro, I understand it. My bad. And it's like, it falls on me. But that's not true because, look, my mom could have taught me that shit. But she, right. didn't, she didn't really because she wanted to assimilate. She wanted to
1: Yeah, be that's that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, that's, how my mom is, that's how my mom was with Japanese. She could understand it when her mother was yelling shit at her. Yeah. When she was too mad to use English. She knew the body like, that's language. <laughs> She's like, I gotta understand and when am yeah. you know, mad and yell, yelling in her native tongue at me, but I'm not, you can't speak it. Right?
0: Yeah, they didn't speak it because they're like, yo, like, you move, you move to America, you kind of, you know, you gotta.
1: You're supposed to speak English.
0: Right? And then think about this how why
1: gonna...
0: there's so much there's so much like unrecognized anti-blackness in the Filipino community that yeah, man. they don't even like the young people. They'll fuck with black culture but they don't barely fuck with black people.
1: Right. So if scared you do, it.
0: If you do, it's like, Oh, you don't fuck with us. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Cause it's like, it's like, uh, I've always heard like, you know, Rob Schneider, he's Filipino. But Batista, he's Filipino. But, like, it's like other people are Filipino too. Other black people are Filipino too. But, it's right. like, they're not really, like, they're not taking, they're not, you know, like, well, because, yeah,
1: be, the immigrant to American culture, was, it was, like, white normative. And so yeah. you're trying to assimilate and emulate the white side of things to exactly. American culture. And they're like, oh, we're not trying to, like, be down here in the soil and in the, in the bucket with, the other minorities We're trying to Like pretend we're white
0: Exactly You gotta rise above
1: Yeah um, So I, I get How that Is like an erased And they're like Not as proud of us Which is silly And I hope that Gets corrected
0: Obviously The younger The younger generation Yeah Will Yeah right You know Mhm. But it's Yeah my
1: grandma My Japanese grandma She tried to go full country Cause my grandpa was like from the like Arizona, yeah. And so she like my 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 Japanese grandma had like like a weird like country lady perm. Whoa! And my mom is named Kay. Uh huh. Because that works as like a like oh like a Mary Kay or something like a like a real like country yeah. name. Yeah. But it also works. It works as is a Japanese name. Mm-hmm. And so, but it, but it's spelled K A E. So mm. they keep that. They keep the Japanese kind of spelling of it, but yeah. it could work in both. It could work in both worlds. So my fucking grandpa's GI buddies could be like this. He could be like, "This is my daughter Kay." Yeah. Know. <laughs> but for my grandma, it could be like,
0: "Oh, Kay, Kay." They could flip it. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. I like that. I like that. Which, is, but still, that like, to my point, that's like trying to push it towards some sort of white American whiteness. True you know what i mean like it, it was it, my mother was even to her the core of her being her name they were trying to push her towards some sort of white normative yeah instead of, instead of like giving her a japanese name or any other type of name they were trying and i think that's like a part of that immigrant asian immigrant spirit
0: yeah like even my you mom know? she kept my dad's last name they're divorced
1: Oh, she's like, I got one.
0: Yeah, she was like, let me, the, <laughs> let me keep the let me keep that American name.
1: Yeah, right.
0: And I'm gonna keep that because it's like, even with my name, like Antonio, like you are like Anthony, and I'm like, no.
1: Word.
0: And then they're like, they're like, oh, are you, are you, are you Mexican? Like, Nigga, right, I Mexican what the fuck? <laughs> like, come on now. It's like, which isn't bad. I love Mexican people, but you know, word. But even Mexicans sometimes are like, oh, Espanol? And I'm like, uh, no, no. <laughs> no, nah, not really, bro, but, hey, bro, I fuck with you, I fuck with you, bro. Yeah,
1: yeah, but they're like,
0: <laughs> it's, it's funny, though, but it's like, uh, it's, fu- it's it's a strange time. Strange time in this world. Cause I, feel I like, like it.
1: I, feel like,
0: I like it, too. I like it, because now I feel like everything's on the table. Like, we know people are racist.
1: Yeah, but, grown up in a mixed a big weird mixed bag you just only i only hope that more people have to or not have to but i th- i only hope that more people get more mixtures
0: oh uh, yeah we understand each other more
1: and it does instead of instead of like i see a lot of people like separating out like hmm. i this on that and i've like listen i don't have i never had the pleasure of identifying with one culture. yeah so i don't know it yeah like, I don't I don't know the plights of it. I don't know the suffering of it, but I also don't know the sort of pride Yeah, because yeah. I don't really have pride in one culture. I'm like a mixed dude. So I'm like I, I only for me. I only hope that more people Would have the sort of life experience that you had or me where it's like I have a mixture of cultures, man I can't you know what I mean? It gives people a bigger understanding of like, oh You know it might not be the, the most important part of who you are. Yeah, or it's important to have it mixed and and be able to understand two or four or eight different cultures because of just who you are to your blood. True. And I hope that, I, I mean, I like that. I, I, I hope that, you know, we all, it's all like, you know, in the Michael Jackson black and white video, if everybody just gets paused in between the two morphs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's just gonna be life. We just gotta get paused real quick. We gotta morph.
1: Yeah, like in the middle of the the like or whatever. Like you just like oh up actually, you know what? You're gonna have to stick right there. Um you are <laughs> you you are now capital. Yeah, you're now uh part uh Filipino, part uh African, part Indian, and part Italian.
0: Yo, I found out that I got I got uh one of my grandfathers was half Irish, and one of my hey. mothers was half uh, Native American.
1: Oh, word. So. That's amazing. Wait, your grandmother was half Native?
0: My One of my great great grandmothers, half okay. Native, half right. Black. Other grandpa, uh-huh. half Black, half Irish. hmm. Uh-huh. So, yo, I'm white.
1: <laughs> yeah, welcome What's to up? the club, bro.
0: What's up? Where's my money at?
1: Yeah, man, let's go get a loan.
0: Let's get a loan. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony Willard, <laughs> at your service.
1: Top of the morning, tell to you.
0: Top of the morning, I'm white. What it do? Yo, one time I was in Ireland, right? I yeah. I show in Dublin. Right. And this girl, she, mm-hmm. she wanted to buy me a drink. And it was wild. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, for sure. She put money on her card to buy me a drink. And then she was dead set on buying me a drink. I was like, yo, what? She's like, I'm gonna buy this drink. And then she put money on her card. It was like a weird process where she had to like put money on her card and then <laughs> wait a second for the card, you know what I mean? And then got oh me. Oh my the god. Drink. And then and then we were making out, and then she stuck her tongue ring in my mouth. <laughs> I was like, yo, I never had that happen in my life, but I was just like, wow, that's disgusting. And then yeah. her brother. Our brother was there and then he was telling us that he wasn't racist and then he kept referring he kept talking about his, his Indian friend
1: oh boy
0: and I was like uh, that was like my first night maybe in in Dublin ever
1: that's fucking crazy I've never been there
0: oh dude it's so crazy the place we played at uh, so we'll have a sh- they'll have a show and then, yeah. around after the show, it'll turn into an eighteen and over club. Ooh, <laughs> so I was just like, it's "Dangerous, fucking weird." A lot of kids with like, uh, with fucking, uh, like, what's it like? Um, they're like, they don't know how to walk. Girls not knowing how to walk in
1: heels. Oh my good lord.
0: So it was just like, yo, this is fucking, <laughs> this is, this is weird. Darryl. This is tra- strange. That's crazy.
1: And yeah. then young kids.
0: I was like, yo, I've never been to an 18 and over club when I was a kid. I remember yeah. all my friends used to go to right, an yeah, and yeah. under club. And I was always like, no, nah, I don't, like my friends from the neighborhood would always go. And I would just be like, no, nah, I'd, I'd rather just stay home and play video games, watch TV. Wait, like, I mean, what?
1: Kate, Kaidon K- always used to have like Kaidon used to always have like the um, what was the clubs that Kadon would always like present shit at? Kaidon. Yeah, K D O N. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? That was in Salinas. It, oh, is that Kaidon is Salinas shit? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't
0: know.
1: We didn't have Kaidon. <laughs> you don't? No, Kadon goes to K D O N goes to San Jose, right? Who was K-
0: what
1: do they play? It's like 102.5 or some shit, man. I don't know. Was, yeah, I never one with two point five. 102.5. Cadon <laughs> to me, Cadon was like a huge, living in Monterey, growing up in Monterey, like, we didn't have a lot of culture. Cadon
0: was, was like, the number one?
1: Well, no, it was just like, that's how I heard. Uh, they played like, you know, hip hop, R&B or whatever, but also like dance music regional dance music. I'd hear Miami shit. I would hear all sorts of shit. Kaydon. Oh no this bro, yeah, exists, dude Z ninety
0: five point seven. Z ninety five point seven, yeah.
1: That's like a real San Jose shit? I think so. Yeah. I guess I guess Cadon is more like Salinas.
0: Yeah. That's oh. coast. that was coastal.
1: Didn't have that. Yeah, you got that, dude. I guarantee no. you turn your radio on right now. You get Kate on, and they're playing fucking Mariah Carey.
0: Right now, Kate on?
1: Yes. Or, like, Kate – it'll be like – dude, Kate on kind of is sick.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm, I'm, I ride for KDOM. I remember one time I went – Club Gemini. You know, to the Monterey
0: Bay Aquarium when I was in high school. Uh-huh. Right. I seen a goth girl – yeah. and then a black guy uh-huh. who was very alternative to He had yeah. cornrows, a oh. Marilyn Manson shirt, mm-hmm. an army jacket.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And his two front teeth are missing.
1: That sounds like somebody from Santa Cruz.
0: <laughs> Someone from Santa Cruz just living in uh, Monterey, huh?
1: You pop pop down to Cannery Row, try to sell some. Uh, fake acids, the kids on the bike path. It's too real. That's too real. <laughs> that's, <amazing. laughs> that's 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 that like, uh, Monterey Bay culture, dude. it. Well, you, do you ever fuck around in uh, Santa Cruz though? Yeah, totally. They used to have punk shows.
0: Yeah, I used to go to one. This uh, show place. Four One Eight Project.
1: Okay. How long we've we been doing uh, wh- this thing? Too yeah. long. Recording. I don't know. Too long. We should probably stop.
0: Okay. Well, you got anything to say to wrap it up, or you want to wrap it up?
1: Uh, um. No. As far as like for the for the recording of this, I feel like the last twenty minutes probably were just us bullshitting as friends. But if you want to get back to a focused thing. I just want to say that I appreciate you. I think you're a wonderful creative man and a human that has uh, shown an incredible amount of growth and uh, a joy of spirit and a positive outlook in life that I find inspiring. I wish you nothing but continued success in your personal, emotional, Mm -hmm. spiritual, and and professional life. Mm -hmm. And me, I have to eat some lunch.
0: Oh, hell yeah well adam i think the same way of you uh i appreciate you for being there with me in these dark times and of course many more dark times to go i don't even know what to say let's get it dude all right well adam forkner aka white rainbow what's your new shit
1: airboy express
0: airboy express and we out